The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today. Sundance Film Festival has taken over Park City, and I am already seeing the, uh, the, the stuff surrounding that, the madness, the hype, and uh, the cool part about that is, and how it relates to us, is Acura's. Acura sponsors yes. the film yes. festival itself. They always bring their new models, and they had the new NSX on display last year. But just mm-hmm. today, I was driving around, and I saw a brand new blue, that deep, deep sapphire Ooh. blue uh, NSX driving around in the wintry weather, and I just really dig it. I feel like you and I need to get in that car sooner rather than later. But, well, it's uh, all-wheel drive now, so it's yeah. the perfect Sundance car. I mean, you know, yes. It's, it the, the joke, the, the locals' joke at Sundance is that uh, th- there's actually a locals' term that is, here come all the people in black, because yes. that's what happens at Sundance. It, it's all of all of the L.A. folks come out. And look, we, we came from L.A., so we really have no nobody to point fingers at but ourselves. <laughs> but it is interesting how much it changes the vibe of the town for uh, about 10 days, two weeks. And it's also very funny because this is the time of year where and like, my wife went to the grocery store last night, and it was already mad where everybody is oh, coming sure. into town for the week and they're stock, stocking up on everything you can imagine. And if you ever want to see, you know, I hate, I hate this. I do hate this. But pick your ridiculous grocery store celebrity magazine, Us Weekly, People, whatever. Invariably, they have in there about stars are just like us. They grocery shop. They shop for clothes. Oh. Whatever. If you want to see a star <laughs> doing random mundane things, you need to be at any grocery store or even the local Walmart. I know it's crazy to say, but any grocery store during the week of Sundance, you'll, you'll just see people randomly pushing a cart. They'll be like, Oh, I know who that is. But yeah, that's the madness we're in right now. <laughs> Man, oh, it's so funny. Well, I noticed just because the kinds of cars in town are crazy. I saw two girls from Ontario. Yeah. They were in a Mercedes A-Class, obviously something we don't get in the States. Mm. Wow. Uh, that was from early 2000s. I, I really liked the shape of that car. And I thought, wow, yeah, yeah you're here for, for Sundance. And uh, what else? Model Xs litter the landscape, as do Cayennes. Mm-hmm. Maseratis of all types and uh, what else? All kinds of different stuff. So I, I like it from the car perspective just because, yeah, mm-hmm. Park City is so interesting and cosmopolitan. And then, of course, the film festival brings cars. So we like that. Yeah. It's interesting. It does. Okay. It does. <clears throat> cars and people. And then there's the thing. I, ha- I have to call it out right now. You and I joke about it every year. There are two crazy things that happen. Main Street in Park City is probably what all of you think of when you think of Park City. It's it's old, multicolor kind of Skittles painted mining uh structures that have been reclaimed. It's a, it's a very cool-looking Main Street, but not all of town looks like that, but Main Street does. They turn it into pedestrians only, and a good quarter of the businesses become different businesses for Sundance. Somebody will come in and rent out the entire store and turn it into the CNN uh, PR room or the Discovery Channel this. And a week ago it wasn't, and a week from now it won't be. Yeah. So as yeah. locals, we go down to Main Street, just walk around and be like, oh, that's changed. Oh, that's changed, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. <laughs> and then you go into any restaurant and it says, yeah, gonna say. This, this week it will say, the Sundance 2017 menu. And you think, oh, cool, they rebranded it for Sundance. They rebranded it because all the prices went up 25%. Easy, easy. Yeah, don't go out to eat during the film festival because, <laughs> you know, stock up <laughs> on groceries. And if you're local, you eat at home. And then after the madness is when you go back out to eat. So uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. 
but cool movies. I'm excited to do some stuff too. Keep going. Oh, oh yeah, we've got great debates for y'all, and uh, I don't know why I keep saying that now. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's you've embraced y'all. It's very strange. Keep going. I am yeah. I am from nowhere near the south. I grew up in Colorado, and some people think I talk too fast already, as it is. But uh, both Todd yep. and I have that problem. So the great, uh, <laughs> great stuff for you all tonight. And uh, let's see. Thank you so much for writing in about the racing interests that you guys mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I actually just got an email here from Chris uh, Chris Melagaze. He was talking about the GTLM, the WeatherTech series, anything, GT3, yeah. GTD, P1, P2, all the endurance racing. And on Instagram, you can read a lot of the comments on there, but uh, a lot of people are liking F1, Rally, as I said, mm-hmm. so it's very diverse, but I only saw two folks from uh, really liking NASCAR, which is cool. I, uh, interestingly, I always think, you know, I wonder how those NASCAR drivers will do on road courses, but surprisingly, a lot of them do quite well. They probably come from road, yeah. Course, yeah, yeah. road course racing. So anyway, it was really cool to read that. Really appreciate you guys sending that in. If you have other thoughts on racing, continue to hit us up. But uh, I just For found sure. it interesting just because I'm I'm really ready for the F1 season to kick off, but there uh, is so much more. I'd love to go to the Le Mans race. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, so much yeah. uh, uh, in terms of that. I was struck by how many people were referencing the fact that they like to watch racing. It's an old uh, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday thing in a weird way. A lot of people were t- talking about they like watching racing where it relates to cars they actually see. Yeah, right. And that, right. You know, that's interesting because, you know, even even NASCAR really isn't anymore. I mean, those cars look vaguely like cars you see because they've got stickers on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sticker headlights and things. You know, but but you, you watch some of that, uh, like Pirelli World Challenge is the first one that springs to mind. But, I mean, Rally and this kind of stuff. You see a lot of cars that are variations of cars you can go buy. And I think it's interesting how much that still connects with people. Somebody even mentioned the Blanc Payne uh, series, uh, the watch mm-hmm. manufacturer that races Lamborghinis. And uh, yeah, I mean, what could get sure, better? Why not? Really? Yeah. Awesome watches, <laughs> Lamborghinis. What I need, what I need is a Lamborghini Jeez. race series. Done. We can all Let's totally relate, right? I mean, that's just yeah, so that, like that's that's so very mundane. much you know. <laughs> yeah, when I wander into my garage and pick which Skittles color Lambo I'm going to drive today, that's very us. Absolutely, it is. I agree. Well, uh, speaking of the social media thing. Uh, we had a, a listener, Lloyd, that sent in – when Todd and I got talking about car colors on the last uh-huh. one, we actually surprisingly talked about it longer than we thought we would. And it's yes. opened up this can of worms. <laughs> so <laughs> People are trying to sell me brown cars as a result. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you notice that. I keep getting I, like like this waterfall of brown car pictures. People are trying to bring me around. I'm sorry. I don't like brown cars. But hey, anyway, keep but going. But Sam has a, uh, a Boxster. He's got the, uh, the I know brown he does. Boxster, too. Tan. I know he does. And the Sam's Sam. a dear friend, but it's yes. still a brown <laughs> Boxster. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lloyd is uh, uh, tweeting at us here. And I'm looking mm-hmm. on our Twitter feed here. You might have to scroll back a little ways. But he said his girlfriend spotted a magenta Maserati. It is a oh. Barbie pink Ma- Maserati yeah. Ghibli. I, Magenta's being kind. Barbie pink is exactly the color. That's exactly the color that it is. Well, as a matter of fact, it's Pantone 219C. That's the designer in me coming out. So it, you're right. It is exactly a Pantone Barbie color. And uh, oh, so it looks – Lloyd, it looks too shiny to my eye to be mm. a wrap. I'm very concerned mm. that this is paint. <laughs> I really am. And the license plate yeah. indicates – I think you're in uh, the European Union or um, 
in a European country. I'm not sure where the license plate is, but if you would write back and tell us where she saw that car, definitely not the U.S., but man, I mean, you've taken the Italian Buick with those stupid portholes and wrapped it in uh-huh. Barbie pink with, and it's a Ghibli. It, you didn't make it better. And I'm sure the person will say, oh, I'm just expressing myself. Ugh, stop it. It's no, you're well, not. But, but that color on that car is like a parade of bad. It's just, oh. it's it's shocking. It's poor choices on all fronts. But I, I'm glad he sent the photo in <laughs> only because I was glad we could share it with everybody else so it didn't just hurt our, our eyes. So yeah. Totally, totally. So uh, so that happened. But yes, other people, I'm no Superman, is sending brown Ferrari for uh, 458s Oh, people here. are sending brown cars by the horde. Oh, Max Desperate Goldberg attempt sent to get the, me to like brown. Uh, the Macan. He's like, really? Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I love this. Max, thank you for sending that. <laughs> well, other people that have sent in great stuff, Colin Cow, who's one of our uh, one of our patrons and been a friend of the show for a while, we actually met him at our Chicago Track Day last year. He sent in an interesting link, had nothing to do with car color. I'm sure you could connect it if you wanted, but he sent an interesting link in because he found on the Volvo USA site that Volvo is offering special car deals with special warranties if you can prove you're coming out of a Volkswagen TDI. What a fascinating tactic. Yeah, you can go to special offers on Volvo. Looks like it's been around since late 2016, and they are taking advantage. I, I say kudos because mm-hmm. I think not only are people wanting to get out of those cars, but they're probably wanting to leave the VW brand entirely and just say, In some you cases, know what, yeah. I'm done. I want to try something different. Hey, Volvo, you guys look pretty good. What do you have? And yeah. I wonder if it's working for him because I haven't seen any other manufacturer really kind of think up an offer like this. So I think yeah. it's pretty cool, and it's expanding their awareness. Yeah, absolutely. If you find other manufacturers that are offering this directly connected to the Volkswagen scandal, I'd be curious to see those links. I mean, maybe they exist. We just haven't stumbled upon them because, of course, we aren't on all the sites all the time. But, Colin, thanks for sending this because it was interesting to read it. I mean, they have really thought this offer through. And like you're saying, what a great way to branch out the brand in unexpected places. I just I thought that was very cool. Yep. And speaking of brands, we found out the future of electric cars is very, very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the day. Back when we, you know, we we joked. You're talking about Faraday and the FF91. That the price got leaked this week, and you know, we were joking when they did their CES reveal that everything they raced it against, the cheapest car there was the probably 120 or 130 as spec Tesla Model S, and we went, "That's telling." Well, we had no idea. <laughs> Okay, so look it up. You can look up FF91 price and Tesla Roddy, as a matter of fact. The website carries more information there. It's going to be just under $300,000, everyone. 290k. You can buy two, a Model X and a Model S, and pay cash. You, yes, yes. You, you could have your, your options <laughs> in your electric car garage, buy those two from the Tesla lineup. You might even have money left over. That is... Absolutely jaw-dropping prices. Let the jokes begin, everyone, because, yeah, 290 k well, yeah, we've got a factory to build, construction workers to pay, debt to pay, employees. Gosh, this whole car business is expensive, everyone. You know, they've, they've got a $5,000 deposit that people are putting down versus, like, the 1000 for the Model 3. But $5,000 deposit that they've apparently had, I think, last tally I heard, and it may be more now, was 65000 or more that have, that have signed up for that, which is a lot more than I expected. But I, but I have to ask, honestly, 
who's in the market for a $300,000 minivan alternative? And that's what we're talking about. You know, I, I just, oh. I, is there really a, that, that's my big question. You've thrown every piece of technology you can think of. It's like the board meeting went around the room and they said, you know what? Let's have all of that. Everything we talked about all day, let's have all of it. So they did that, which means it cost a fortune, $300,000. I have to genuinely ask myself, how many of those can you legitimately sell? Who is that market? I'm shocked. This makes, this makes Tesla look like a genuinely affordable, <laughs> well-thought-out price point. They're bargains. They're seriously bargains in comparison. Well, but, 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 but I even thought of it in this way. You know, you've got a lot of families out there that if you look at like a loaded out family vehicle, like pick a Tahoe, pick a Suburban, pick a, you know, this kind of world, those are sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. Okay? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. Those cars have become expensive. And those are fair, fairly common family vehicles. A loaded out uh, Honda Odyssey is best part of forty grand. Okay, but let's just talk, say you're you're already shopping in that big SUV world. You're spending sixty or seventy thousand dollars. You could have a conversation with your spouse and your budget about could we stretch for a Tesla? That's within conversation point. Okay, at a hundred grand, well, could we stretch? I, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's at least in a let's have a conversation about it. What will we save on gas? Should we do this? Do we want to? Could we lease it? When you're spending seventy grand already, you can start having that conversation. Those families will not have this conversation about the FF91. It's now it's laughably out of out of conversation. I don't know who it's who it's for. Who's it for? Todd's favorite hoodie wearing billionaire YT said in his yes. Chinese language interview that the FF91 will cost less than 2 million won. Chinese won. That's $290,000. Well, he's a billionaire, so a $290,000 car is nothing. Yeah. It yeah. isn't. That's the that's the Fiesta ST used as far as he's concerned. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I I think FF I think Faraday Future is now laughably out of touch. I, I hate to admit it, but I had high hopes here. But if they're serious about it, well, it remains to be seen because at this point everything is still on the table. The car, yeah, we haven't even really seen the interior. Nobody's yeah. really had yeah. a genuine, honest spent time with mm -hmm. the car kind of interview mm -hmm. or review. So the price could come down, but even if it gets chopped in half, it's still too expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> this is one of the most amazing ongoing reveals I have ever seen or heard about for a car. I I I keep being shocked and then there's like the new bit of information that trickles out and I go, "Wait, no, really?" I <laughs> It just keeps happening. I'm, I'm astounded. I really am. We should deal in some reality. Should we do some car debates? <laughs> I think we should because the reality is, uh, you know, real people like the rest of us who bought cars and are kind of wondering, should I get out of it? Because it's expensive, sure, but they're wondering. Yeah. Both of these guys are wondering. Well, one of them is, is Ben. He's wondering, should he get rid of his Focus RS? And we've got another here. We've got, uh, who is it, Michael in Georgia, mm -hmm. he is uh, saying, eh, I've kind of got the itch. Should I scratch it or should I just kind of love the one I'm Stay with? Stay where I am. Stay yeah, where I'm yeah, at. Yeah. So uh, I say we jump right into Ben's debate. He is in Kansas City, Missouri. My aunt lives in Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I love uh, going there. They've got great barbecue, of course. Uh, gosh, <laughs> this is an well, amazing the story, headline, The this headline for Ben, I mean, honestly, the headline for Ben is Focus RS for Sale. I mean, that's really where <laughs> it we is. Are. It is. And I'm, I was going to get to that at the end, but I'm glad you brought it up now because I am eager 
to, to make something happen. And it doesn't involve Todd and I. It's more of a, <laughs> hey, we'll give you each other's emails and you guys work stuff out. If it happens, great. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are happy, wonderful. But if we can just connect and make people love the car they drive, I, that, mm-hmm. that would make me happier than anything else. So, yeah, his story is about the Focus RS that he had his eye on for a long time. And yeah. what he's wanted is a grown-up WRX. Well, don't we all? I love the WRX, yeah. the STI. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We kind of want the you know more luxurified, better everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he had his eye on this car while driving in an 08 E92 M3. So he had the BMW yeah. for a long Which time. Which he loved. And he loved. loved it. All right, so mentioned Kansas City, occasional snow, lots of storms, of course. They're right in the Midwest. But the the need for winter tires, Ben says, is only about for two or three weeks out of the year. And you're right, because the rest of the time, if you do, do choose the winter tires, you're you know mowing the tread down and and they're you're too soft yeah. and you know it's it's hard on the budget we definitely understand that but if you don't have the winter tires it can be a problem in those two or three weeks yeah, definitely just oh, because absolutely. of temperatures yeah. alone forget the mm-hmm. you know forget the precipitation but just just temperature alone and so he's thinking all right get out of the m3 got into a forester the subaru forester from 09 <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get rid of that car fast <laughs> enough. Got into it and went. That was a mistake. Yeah, but it, but it was motivated by I should get all wheel drive. Got it and quickly hated it. Got rid of that car, and then started eyeing. Uh, he started eyeing other options. Of course, wound up in a base WRX lease that wasn't nice enough. He keeps thinking about that M3. This leads us to the RS. Keep going. Well. It's why Todd and I keep having discussions between us about long-term ownership because when when Todd and I get into cars, we have them for a week or a weekend and we shoot our mm-hmm, film mm-hmm. and we get to experience yeah. it and it's lovely, but we don't get to live with the car like Ben has now. And so sure, he writes to sure. us about his whole story about ordering, having to wait a long time and all the stuff that he was looking for were, you know, boxes were checked. Driving dynamics, sunroof, heated seats, the refinement, which is what we'll get to, rear-wheel drive, biased, all-wheel drive system, manual transmission, Mm -hmm. good power, utility, all that stuff. And then he got the car. He's watched our videos. After a year. After a year he got the car. Yeah. He's gotten the car. He's watched all the reviews, Jalopnik, Top Gear, everybody's reviews. And then he started living with the car. And Ben, I, I guess I didn't see this one coming. I guess it was a little bit shocking to me because Ben really doesn't like the car. He doesn't like living with it and lists mm. off all the reasons why. And I'm actually wondering, Todd and I got in a privately owned RS. So we drove it. We loved yep. it. Yep. I thought it was mm-hmm. great. But, of course, living with it in Ben's situation, he's describing all the things that are not appealing. And the BMWs, you know, of course, the M3 did. It's hard to mm-hmm. go back after you experience the e- E92 M3. It really is hard to move on to something different. I agree. I feel like a crux issue here that Ben keeps bumping up against. I mean, and, and you're right. He, he breaks this car down, everything he thought it was going to be, that it checked every box, and now here are his I- irritations. But I feel like most of the irritations that he's struggling with with the Focus RS are the fact that, that he was spoiled in those exact same areas by that M3, as you've already mm-hmm. said. And the biggest one is... The, the E92 M3 is a nicer place to be than a Focus RS. 
Sit in it in a dealer parking lot and don't drive either one. Nicer place to be. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. that transitions to everything else when you're driving it down the freeway. Is it a softer, nicer place to be? Yes, the M3 is better. Is it a quieter place? Yes, the M3 is better. Does it have fewer squeaks and rattles? Yes, the M3 is better. He keeps coming back to these realities that are counterpoint to the things that the RS is great about. But he's, he's having that kind of real-life usage thing versus hooning it. And going, I don't know that I like this car as much as I thought I would. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real problem. And if it bugs you so much that you're just, you know, dreading your drive, that's no good. I mean, mm-hmm. listen to this. So he's got 3,500 miles on his Focus RS now, and these negatives, he's saying they range from irritating to really maddening. Turning radius, <laughs> the lack of range, 220 mile range for the gas tank, 19 miles yeah. to the gallon. He's talking about. Uh, irritating power, so only 350 horsepower in overboost mode, and that's only occurring at wide open throttle. Okay, stiff suspension, the audio, torque steer he mentions, the gas pedal. Well, when he talks about torque steer, he's actually talking about feeling, and we talked about this in our review, talking about feeling the car's brain moving power around. Yeah. You can kind oh, of, yeah. It's, it's a little unpredictable, and it's, it, as he drives it, it, he can feel it tugging here and tugging there, which, which, yes, you definitely feel that. And he's finding that kind of mildly irritating because he's just kind of going, why, why am I feeling torque steer at all? Keep going. Sorry, the gas pedal. Oh, yeah. Gas pedal. Uh, what is he? Oh, he's got a spacer for better heel-toe position. But he's mm-hmm. saying it kind of feels cheap with the spacer on there because it moves back and forth laterally. And then the rattles, the the panels. Uh, ben, mm-hmm. this car was built in Germany. As we all know, I, I'm just surprised by this. Of course, the car we drove was brand new as well. And your car is still brand new in my mind, only 3,500 miles. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So that seems strange to me. And then finally, the seating position, it's not good. So he's bought uh, a memory foam wedge. He's trying to level himself out. All this stuff that he just wants to get in and drive. And mm-hmm. it seems like, Ben, all these things are keeping you now from actually focusing on the car and enjoying it for what it is. Agreed. Agreed. If, if all this stuff is getting in the way, it's sort of like pain in our bodies. If it gets in the way from just enjoying mm-hmm. things, it affects our mood, our relationships, our interactions with yeah. people. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of like that. We can't just enjoy life. And it's kind of and- a pain here for you. You know, I have to. I have to admit. I mean, there there is this other side of this. You and I talk a lot. We we just talked about it on the recent FRS piece that just dropped today. There there is a personal preference thing that comes in a lot of these discussions. I I, I guarantee you that somebody else in the world would have this. W- w- could literally buy Ben's Focus RS and not be irritated by anything we just listed. I agree. If you drive it differently and you have different expectations, this is not actually a slight at the car. It's just where Ben's life and needs merge with the things the car does that he gets to use. It's not checking the right boxes for him, which is disappointing for Ben. But I think it's interesting because, you know, well, you and I talk about this. I love the Lotus Elise. You love it, too, in very small doses. <laughs> you know? You're right. Where, where you're right. Like, it rattles. It's metal. That feels cheap, but that's not nice. And I don't care. And you're like, no, 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 no. All of that matters. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So there is that. I'm going to go there. What is your proclivity? What are the things where, okay, if I spend this amount of money, these things are okay and these things are not? I mean, my FRS is loud, and I deal with it. But it is a loud car inside. So, you know, there's there's those factors. And I do think that the way Ben uses his car, 
which is a lot of commuting mainly, and he enjoys driving it in all weather, and that, that BMW has ruined him for, we're talking noise, vibration, and harshness issues, that NVH stuff. And the Focus RS is not doing it. So we've got to figure out, I guess, like I say, Focus RS for sale, but Ben's <laughs> desires make this hard. Yeah, I just, I love that you keep coming back to that because somebody else might love Ben's car and none of this stuff somebody might will. matter. And so we say, Ben, if we can find you somebody that is looking mm-hmm. for a Focus RS and you're willing to give him a deal because yeah. he's mentioning here, if he trades cars again, yeah, it's not to, not going to go over too well with his wife. Plus, it sounds like you're wanting to start a family <laughs> and you need some functionality and we agree, but maybe there's a solution here where we can ease you out of that car and she won't get angry and you can get a decent price for it. Some <laughs> other enthusiast will, will take it away and go, yoink, and you yeah, can get into yeah. something else. Hopefully we can recommend that, and uh, that's what we're getting to right now. I came up with two choices, but Ben suggested the the B8 or B9 platform Audi A4 Quattro with the manual Mm -hmm. transmission, which he has not driven yet. Todd and I have driven the S4, certainly, and we really like that car. Those are, I think that owner bought it for $37,000, somewhere in there. Something like that. Yeah, he got a great deal, yeah. Great deal, uh, but that was the S4. So if you just went with the regular A4 Quattro, that might be the solution there and, you know, certainly family-friendly, all that. But I do have a couple of suggestions I want you to consider. And also, Ben came back to the Golf R. He has driven the Golf R, thought the steering was a little light, but I think you should go back and revisit that because that is my choice for you. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, we got an email from Tim Hilliard today. He has a 2016 Golf, and he's thinking about getting out of that. So if there's a way we could give you Tim's email Wait. and you guys can work something out. I just yeah, yeah. Th- that just came across our email today and uh let's see I'll pull it up right here. Yeah, he's uh he listens to the show and uh is actually looking at Corvettes and he's got this 2016 Golf R that he loves but he's really thinking Corvette and mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so maybe right. maybe there might it, be a match here. That's a good point. Well, as you said at the beginning, and we were coming back around to it, but we wanted to tell you guys the story. He's looking for a grown-up WRX. And when I hear that, I basically think, okay, we're talking, we, you would prefer all-wheel drive. And I'm going to create a term, hoonability. Actually, I think you've coined that before. Hoonability, uh, we want that. So it needs to be fun to drive, genuinely. But he'd like all-wheel drive if he could get it. He'd like four doors. He'd like a six-speed. Now, as you start checking those boxes, a lot of cars start falling away. You know, they may have all of that but not be fun to drive. They may have all of that but not be a manual. So this is what makes the Golf R a real contender. He wasn't that impressed last time. I, I'm glad that you're sending him back because I do think he needs to drive it again. Yeah, but I definitely. thought, okay, if the Golf R is not top of the list, I actually came up with four options. Oh, wow. But I'm curious where else you went because the other thing that's weird about this is Ben has gone kind of crazy on budget. He said he'd like to stay under forty grand. But for the right car, he might stretch as much as twenty-five grand more. Which yeah. okay, if you're really talking about, you might stretch as far as sixty. Tons of options. I'm not even spending that much in in actually in in two of mine. I am, and two I'm not. So I've got four that I think are worth driving to see if we can get you closer to something that does all of the nice car stuff you want to do and is still very fun. I will say my wild card. Before I hear your choices, I okay. <laughs> reading your email, Ben, I, I realize you've had the M3, the E92 M3, and I thought, BMW is your car. 
And I came back to the 2011 BMW 1M. I mean, I just thought, hmm. this is your car. The, it's, the car is wild. The price is wild. The conversation with your wife will be wild. <laughs> it, it's not the family-friendliest car ever, you know, for kid seat and that kind of thing. True. But True. all the stuff you want, and plus you're a BMW enthusiast, is in that car. The joy of driving exists in that car. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I realize the it's prices are still too high. Keep coming back to – you want how much for a 45,000-mile yeah. 1M? Are you nuts? And yeah. they're still worth it. They're still high. Which but, almost uh, makes the M2 a, a very, a very a good option as a, a, a variation on that, you know, because it's doing a lot of the, the 1M stuff. But theoretically, you can it get is. it cheaper slash new. But I, I like that you've gone there because he does like – he did like that uh, E90 so much. Yeah, he just – he loved it. And so I'm sticking with those two. I love the Golf R for you because it'll be – I think it'll be soothing. It might not be the, you know, f- check all the boxes that you love about BMWs, but it mm-hmm. won't be the focus. It is kind of the opposite in terms of the refinement. And, yeah, it doesn't have a sunroof and all that stuff, but I, I'm kind of sticking on the Golf R, and I know where you can find one, so just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well – I, I find I find Ben's list is is hard to solve if we want to check every box successfully because he wants things like heated seats and a nice interior and you know lots of stuff that is more luxury car, but he wants fun and he wants manual and I feel like it's really hard to converge all of those points at once, so I don't think any of my four choices do it perfectly, but I'm really being guided by. What's a grown-up WRX? Mm-hmm. What's a fun with those features? Okay. So, okay. Here's where I went. And I'll tell you the problem with each of these. I have to go there. Somebody's already shaking their head because they're hearing it coming. Uh, Chevy SS, <clears throat> the problem with his BMW <laughs> that he had before, the problem with the, with the M3 that he had that he states is he kind of hated after a while driving that car in the winter in the salt, and he kind of felt bad doing that to it. This is a Chevy now, it's, you can get it, it – it's, it's rear-wheel drive, just like your BMW was, okay? So clearly you were okay with that. It wasn't ideal, but you were okay with it. But you kind of hated driving into the winter. My feeling is this is just a – it's a big block Chevy. Just go drive it, okay? Now, I don't think it will be as nice inside uh, – feel as nice inside you as that M3 did, but I think it gets a lot closer. And it does – it's got, you know, all the things I've said before, good handling, uh, you know, six-speed, all of that kind of stuff. I say go drive it. I don't know that it does it correctly, but I think it's worth driving because you can get a screaming deal now, and you don't have to be precious with that car. Just go drive it have fun. So I have to put it out there. There, are, I can think of a couple of listeners right now who are shaking their head and considering turning off the podcast, but I'm putting it out there anyway. Um, in the, the rest of the three that I have are not manual, okay. but they check every other box. Okay, But they have pretty good transmissions and i think they will be you know they'll be everything else they'll be fun to drive they'll be good interiors etc they are three very different cars my wild card i'm going to state right now because i think it may be too wild but used gtr used gtr it's possible i mean you can't argue all-wheel drive fun decent interior certainly a nicer (laughs) interior than he's had Okay, now look, that's not the greatest interior ever. The problem with that car is going to be the ongoing maintenance costs because that is a car that just has to be, it's a thoroughbred, it just has to be consistently taken care of. But you could get a GTR for what you're talking about. I mean, the upper level of your your range here, 
use GTR, uh, it's hard to argue that that doesn't check every box but being a manual. We're sorry it's not a manual, just not possible. That is my wild card, though, because I do admit that it's a car you have to baby a bit. But I see uh, there's one in Park City that I see driving around in the snow. I mean, just just go drive that car. It's ready. So there's my wild card. Other <laughs> that two is wild. Are, That's up there. <laughs> I know. Uh, Porsche Panamera used. Look, the interior of that you will love. Uh, no, it's not a manual. But the interior you will love. You can get it all-wheel drive. You can get it with a lot of power. It's a great place to sit. I think your wife would love that car. It's usable, dynamically fun. I think the Panamera is a real consideration here in used uh, in used form. And I would highly recommend that car to you in all-wheel drive. And then my last one that may be my favorite. Okay. You were holding out on us, weren't you? Well, because I, I, the more I think about this car, the more I think, and we actually have a listener named Glenn who has one, and he and I have had this conversation back and forth, because he talks about this car as the grown-up Evo, and I think he may be right. Either, depending upon your, your what you prefer body style-wise, either the Mercedes GLA or CLA. So you can either go GLA, which is a little hatchback. You kind of want a little hatch. Well, there it is. Or CLA, which is a little sedan in the AMG 45 form. Wow. All-wheel drive, great interior, awesome seats. You know, it's a classy place to be. But that is a grown-up WRX in concept. It's a little all-wheel drive, four-cylinder, snorty little beast in a Mercedes design element. So I, those are my favorites, GLA or CLA. I think GLA for you because you kind of would like the WRX kind of, hey, I want a hatchback feel. So I think GLA may be better, but I, that's my favorite for sure. Either way, the conversation about going to your wife and saying, honey, I want to switch cars is going to be kind of like riding a mechanical bull at a Texas roadhouse after a six-pack. And if you put that on YouTube, that's gold right there, my friend. So let us yeah, know it how be it all goes. Bad. We wish you much luck. If we hear what sounds like a sonic boom coming from Kansas City, we know that hasn't gone well. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, what, that's how that is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we will jump to Michael Milner. He is in Georgia and wrote to us with his own conundrum. And funny enough, he owns a yes. GLA 45 AMG. That's his he current does. car. And he's kind of sniffing around. He sent us a lovely list of things he's owned in the past, including a 1970 AMC AMX390. Wow. AMC. <laughs> well, and and may I say, here's How the I funny thing. I, <laughs> I went through the whole listing for Ben, came up with the Mercedes, thought I really like the Mercedes for this. Hadn't even read Michael's uh, email yet. Seriously? <laughs> Started reading Michael's email. Got halfway through Michael's email. I was like, well, there's the Mercedes right there. So, so maybe, maybe that's the swap. Maybe. True. Maybe Ben sells his RS or trades his RS for Michael's uh, Michael's Mercedes, and everybody's happy. I'm just thinking out loud here because Michael used to own an STI. Maybe that's our solve. Maybe maybe this is the pink sl slip swap right here. Maybe that's where we are. Well, I, I think Michael is just wanting out of it for no other reason than just change alone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's that's just, the idea I'd like to I'm do getting. something different. Yeah. I totally agree. It's just I like this, but let's move on. And the thing he had right before it was a Subaru WRX STI hatchback. So again, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying there could be a pink slip swap in this in this discussion right here. Uh, there's got to be something has to happen, everyone. Something will happen at some point here. I'm I'm confident. <laughs> That's your new goal. I love it. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> All right. So some planning considerations for Michael here. It's got to be an automatic, so his wife can drive it if necessary. He likes. Oh, so the RS is out. Sorry. Keep going. Well, yes. Well, it's it's different <laughs> because he said he, he likes trying different cars and manufacturers. 
And uh-huh. interesting, Ford is not on his list of cars he's owned. So, yep. okay. Uh, sporty, powerful handling, uh, powerful, great handling, no convertibles. And he does prefer a hatchback, so maybe the RS is back on the list. <laughs> Pink yep. slip swap, yep. it's coming. I feel it. It's going to happen. Uh, daily driver, he's in southeastern Georgia, so they don't get snow, but he does like the idea of all-wheel drive. And he likes the uncommon cars, the sleepers, the things you don't see all the time, and mm-hmm. smaller cars as well. So he's leaning towards something gently used, something with 3,500 miles that says Focus RS on the back. Wait, sorry. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Solve. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute. Where have I heard that recently? I, yeah. I can't imagine. I, I'm not sure. And then, of course, <laughs> he sets my limiter at 70K, <laughs> which is nice and healthy. But yeah, 70K uh, is great. <laughs> wow, what has he suggested? Uh, F-Type, 2016 Jag F-Type, a Cadillac ATS-V Coupe, the future 2018 Audi TT RS, and mm-hmm. the Cayman GTS, the 2015 or 2016 Cayman GTS is on his list. If only we knew someone that could speak about that car, huh? I don't know. Cayman GTS. That's a mystery. That's we got to figure that out. All right, go on. Well, these are cars he suggested to us, but he's saying, mm-hmm. should I scratch the itch? Should I jump? He's open to other mm-hmm. suggestions, and it sounds like he's very open to other brands. He's not really loyal necessarily, but uh, I, I actually came up with a list here. Did you? And I even went pretty wild card, and I'm kind of all over the map, but I okay. think that's okay in Michael's case because he likes change. He likes yeah. Tasting different Agreed. things. Agreed. I wanted to talk through his four contenders, and then I have two others to throw in. Because I think his four contenders are interesting and telling, because ultimately all the four that he's listed, these are not roomy cars. I, I think it's interesting, because he talks about, I'd kind of like a hatchback for a little bit of practicality. And then I read his list, and I go, none of those cars I think of as roomy. Right, right. So. I feel like that takes us in. And also, they're not all all-wheel drive either. I mean, we're, we're two and two here. So I feel like that's interesting, and that led me to a couple of options. I love the F-Type for you. I really do. It's just it's interesting. I think it does everything you're talking about, and it gives you a completely new experience. I'm a fan of the Cadillac ATS-V. We have been. We like the ATS-V. I just I look at those two cars as in the same. I feel like you've got two pairs of kinds of cars. The ATS and the and the F-Type are kind of the same. The Audi TTRS and the Cayman GTS are kind of the same. So I'm going to pair them like that. I prefer the Jag over the ATS. I think the Jaguar is much more interesting. The And I like the ATS. That's the thing about it. The ATS is not a dog at all. I just look at the Jag and go, yeah, the Jag wins. And then <laughs> well, yeah. the... The Audi TTRS, first off, we're not sure the story on when the 2018 might be in the U.S., and you acknowledge that. But I I can't imagine that it will be as interesting to drive, as special, and as awesome as the Cayman GTS. So of your four, I think your top two are the Jaguar and the Cayman GTS. I have two others I want to bring up, but I'm curious where you went, Paul. Well, yeah, and, and uh, Michael mentions he wants a hatchback for practicality because – they don't have kids, just two small dogs. And I will say, Michael, you would let two small dogs run around on the inside of a Cayman GTS on the Alcantara and everything, and they'd Paul, get their paws Paul's on crying it. already. You, you would do that? I, I am <laughs> horrified. Well, yeah, I know you are. Anyway, so, uh, so considering the dogs, you <laughs> knew I was going to say Porsche Macan S, right? So the lowest of the low-hanging fruit. we got to get that yeah, out of the way. Point. Macan Fair S. Point, yeah. Go consider it. 
Which led me to the 2018 Audi SQ5 that has been announced. Hmm, okay. And they've gone from supercharging to turbocharging. Actually, I think the power is a little bit less. Torque is more, I think. Don't quote me on that. But the design is completely different, and you like tech that is completely just loaded up on tech. And mm-hmm. I actually like the, the improvements. I like what they've done with the SQ5. So I'm going from hatchback, and I'm going to go towards the sedan arena. Just stay with me here. Okay, okay. Audi is also bringing us the S5 Sportback for 2018. Mm. That was previously not available in North America, but go to their website, the S5 Sportback, which is beautiful, I feel like. They do it better than the Grand Coupes from BMW, in my opinion. And so... I agree with that. New car, four-door, it's hatchy, and I think you could like that. (laughs) Can can we make that a hashtag? Hatchy is now a hashtag. It's hatchish. or something. No, Hatchy's, Hatchy's better. Hatchy. Hatchy's, Hatchy's really good. Hatchy connected with a picture of a car. There's the new trend for, tw- for those of you that follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> it is. Just start, just start tagging things Hatchy. Just send us pictures of hatchbacks with the, with the hashtag Hatchy. Let's see where that goes. Done. That could be fun. Done. Well, speaking of Hatchy, how about the 2017 Volvo V60 Polestar? 367 mm. horsepower. The MSRP is... Yeah, the Polestar is, is interesting, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they're about $62,000, so that's under the Paul limiter. And I really <laughs> like the styling of these. They're something totally different. It's it's definitely in the category of now for something completely different, the V60 Absolutely. Polestar. Mm-hmm. Totally. However, the interior is kind of boring, and that whole generation will soon be replaced with really cool new tech, even though I love the yes. exterior and I, I love the car in general. And then my super-duper wild card, it's not a hatch. It's not hatchy. Okay. I sat in the Volvo S90 T6 all-wheel drive Momentum. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. The interior build quality alone and I tweeted about this from CES. The tech is amazing. They have designed it to be a place to spend time in this car. I think the car is beautiful. I even love the V90 wagon. But the S90, get this, it starts at 52000 So you could easily get one from under your 70000 price cap. Again, it's not the mm-hmm. small, hatchy, turbocharged yeah. kind of thing. Well, it yeah. is turbocharged. But you know what I mean? The small, nimble kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not that category for sure. Michael, at least go drive this car. At least just taste it because it is something different. I just wanted to sit there forever. I'm just looking around, feeling the materials, looking mm-hmm. at the tech, looking at what they've done and just wowed. I am wowed. So the <laughs> S90, that's a wild card. It's totally different. It might not fit what you want. It might be, you know, not all your criteria there, but Something to just go look at because you will appreciate the different qualities about it. And at least if you don't buy one, if you don't, you know, you say, great, I, you know, enjoyed looking at it, enjoyed driving it, whatever. At least it'll give you that, you know, that experience in your hip pocket. So when you go shopping for other stuff, great. But that's – those are my choices Mm. for you. Macan, SQ5, the S5 Sportback, and then look at Volvo stuff. I'm starting to wonder – I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if the uh, the the new '90s from uh, Volvo are going to become your uh, podcast equivalent of my Chevy SS. 
where you're just going to keep recommending it because it's awesome. I'd be okay with that. Honestly, I would be <laughs> fine with that. The interior is just – it's so compelling. It's it so is. It is. well good. thought out. It's yeah. just – Volvo's <sighs> killing it on interiors right now. They, they really are. It's, it's quite impressive. You'll be able to appreciate this. Yeah. Anyway. I had a couple others I wanted to mention. I – I'm trying to get you into stuff you haven't had, and I mean that brand-wise as well. And, you know, you've had Audis, you've had BMWs, you've had all kinds of stuff. The only one that that I'm matching to a brand you've had before is, look, the BMW M2 would do everything you're wanting. Price-wise, you can get it in automatic. It's fun. It's interesting. It's got a decent trunk. Not a hatch, but it's got a decent trunk. I forget if the rear seat folds down on that. I genuinely don't even remember. But uh, somebody's correcting me right now. But but the BMW M2, I think, is a, is a genuine option here that you would enjoy driving, and it's a totally different animal. But you have had BMWs before, so I thought of two that you haven't had these brands at all, and I think they're contenders. One's a little more wild card than the other, and I will admit neither are full-up hatches, but they could be usable cars, both of them. Uh, Alpha Julia. Sure. Why not? You've never had that brand I mean, none of us have ever really had that brand at this point. They've been out of the U.S. market for so long. You know, that is an interesting sedan. You're not going to see them all the time. You want something a little bit unique. Obviously, you can get it, you know, as hot as you'd like to afford. And it's got an automatic. Your wife can drive it. I think the interior is cool. I think that is a very cool look-what-I-have kind of car without being shouty. It's, it's, it's in an interesting category in that regard. And then you're in Georgia, so you may throw this right out because there may be tons of them. But you can afford, and if you're going to look at Cayman GTSs, you should look at the C7 Corvette. You may have never thought of it before, but you have, you have no Chevys in your history. And it's a Corvette. You had a Shelby GT500. Okay, let's get you in a Corvette, Even if, especially if you're a guy that trades cars every year or two years. I think that's a very different animal. And as we've said before, the hatch on that is spacious, genuinely has room. So I think it's worth driving a C7 for sure. Hmm. Digging. I'm liking this. Totally different. I mean, that is – yeah, Michael, I think you'll appreciate that just for, again, just the uh, the completely different aspect of those. So that, That's it. clearly what's needed here more than anything. I mean, even looking at his personal shortlist, he wants something different. And I just went, okay, what does some of the stuff he wants and gets him into totally new experiences? So that was definitely my list. Wow. Well, time is screaming by, and we've asked for questions on all of our social media accounts here, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll just jump right into questions. Excellent job once again, and I feel like I was being being very demanding on Facebook. I didn't mean it to come across quite so. (laughs) Send us your questions. Do it now. You will do it. You will send us questions. That was not my intention, but thank you for responding. (laughs) But there's great ones. There's great ones on all the platforms. I I found some – I mean, we're never going to get to even a third of these tonight, but I did find some ones that were really cool. Yes, uh, James Parson uh, persisted. He asked it again this week because he saw a convoy of five test mule BMW SUVs last week, or now two weeks ago, smallish to midsize, only camouflage from the belt line down. And he was wondering what might they be cooking up. And my suggestion would be either the next gen X1 or the X2, possibly, if it's the smallish mm-hmm. midsize SUV. That would be my guess. Uh, X2, probably. Not, I guess, because that's only been introduced as a concept and it didn't look very close to production to my eye. But maybe, mm. maybe. So it's got to be somewhere between the X1, X3, something of a refresh. 
and it it probably isn't the X2 if it was only camouflage belt line down. It was probably X1 mm-hmm. or X3 yeah. as a, hey, we did kind of a mid-cycle refresh. Maybe the clips front and rear are different, something like that. But that that's my best guess there, James. But uh, I appreciate your persisting in writing again. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. I, uh, I saw one from... Uh... Chris Booth that I thought we would both speak to. Granted, your garage is always cooler than mine, but Chris writes in on Facebook and says, something we wish we had in our garage setup that we don't have right now. And I knew instantly what my answer was. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not really a big DIY guy. I, 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 there's stuff I can do. There's stuff I have done. But the problem I always feel like whenever I work on a car project, and I've done you know, shocks and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, Paul's helped me with a lot of it. The problem is you always wind up with that specialized tool you don't have. And when you take it to the mechanic and see him do it, it's like, well, if, sure, if I had that tool, I could. So that's an endless list. But the one thing that I always bump up in against and just think, this is what I want, is a lift. I want a four-post po- lift. I just want, or two-post lift. Just I want to be able to put the, the car on a lift and get it four feet in the air. <laughs> or six feet in the air. I just yeah. that's what I like more than anything. That that revolutionizes your ability to work on a car. Even an oil change is a totally different animal if you can just put it on a lift and be like, oh look, we're on a lift. Let's go. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I want a lift. I mean the four post thing is something you can increase your garage space so you can, you know, lift up the sports car yeah. and park something else underneath. I mean, just that is an option at you know, True. all of a sudden. True, so, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm yeah, with yeah. you. Chris, a lift. If I had a lift if we had a lift, our the the collective lift, our lift, the everyday driver lift. Oh, there you man. go. That'd be <laughs> awesome. If you're going to build out your extra garage space, we're going to make it. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had two guys write about the 2018 Mustang that just was released this week, and interestingly, mm-hmm. Ford kind of had a lame excuse for not showing that at the press days, but they wanted everybody to see it at the same time, which I understand. But Daniel Senti and Jared Beyer are asking about what we thought about this. Jared is asking, Mm -hmm. how many more changes do they have to make to the Mustang before it stops being a Mustang? I would say it becomes electric and four doors, so that's when it stops being a Mustang. (laughs) Fair point. Excellent answer. Good. (laughs) Let's take the sound away and make it four doors. So, yeah, nothing like you know. But I I actually like it, Uh, Daniel. I like the 2018, the new version. I think it's evolutionary. If you didn't see them side by side, you probably wouldn't know. It wouldn't catch your eye too much. But I, I like the front end better. I like the little bit more aggressive. They had to keep pushing it. And uh, I think mm-hmm. it lends itself to more aggressive looking models. The performance models will continue to get better. So I kind of dig it. But uh, yeah, I understand you don't. That's all right. That's all right. But I think it was safe enough. I agree with his comment and others. It feels like it melted a bit. I, I don't know. The, the front end feels like it. I mean, they, they made some cool changes. I actually like the light change, but the whole thing does feel like it, it just sat on a burner a little bit too long. But uh, I'm very curious to see it in person because it's really hard to judge until you're seeing it there in person in the metal. But it is very curious. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of dig it. So uh, anyway, we'll be uh, hoping to get into that. Yeah, no kidding. Andreas wrote in and asked, having just seen many of you asked questions about uh, this FRS uh, comparison video. Andreas is the one I picked out, but there were three or four others. They're all kind of the same question posed differently. And that is, now that we've had time since we made that piece, do we have any changes to how we feel about which car and why? Um, you know, about the supercharged versus versus my tuned car. Do I like it better? I have only liked it better since I've done that tune. I just I like the car so much better with the tune. The supercharger thing, uh, my problem is I want it to have done a lot more for the cost. 
if I'm going to spend five or six grand, I want to be revolutionized in power to like, and I'm making up numbers now, like 280 horsepower, 250 torque. And I also have to touch on this. Many of you are saying, what about E85? There is one E85 station and it is 50 miles from me one way. I'm not going E85. I understand there's power <laughs> to be found. That's just, that, that makes no sense as far as usability is concerned. I'm not going to stockpile drums of gasoline in my garage. Not happening. So anyway, but, but uh, I understand why you're asking that, but that's definitely not happening. But I, I have to say one of the biggest surprises of the tune for me was drivability. Just ease of use of driving the car. My wife had gotten to a place where, after I put the header on, the car was more powerful but not as easy to drive as it had been stock. I put the tune on. She loves it again. Now, that's not the deciding factor, but it was an interesting, interesting side note that was kind of an accidental thing where she was like, this is much easier to drive. Even that was cool. So I, I'm very impressed with the tune, especially for the cost-to-benefit ratio. But, of course, <clears throat> more money, more power. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Jason Cornell is asking us which exotic we would most like to see bombing around in the snow since it is winter here in Park <laughs> City. And of course, yeah. with the film festival, it's sort of the time to show off, I think. Very with possible, a ski wreck. Yeah. I, I will say, I like, uh, I've always liked the stuff John Olson does with his cars. Of course, uh, if you don't know John, he is the professional Swedish free skier who lives in Monaco and does a build almost every year. <laughs> Uh, he has currently got his Monster Huracan for sale. It's wrapped with a rack on top, and I really love it. He's asking 250,000 euros for it, so what a bargain. Yeah. But uh, also, I will say, James, our friend the Stradman here in Park City, he's got a Gallardo wrapped with purple, black, and white, and he's also got a rack, uh, actually a box, that extends all the way back over the wing, and... Mm -hmm. It looks great, and uh, so yeah, check that out as well. He's a friend of the show, and uh, well, and that was done by the guys over at Life Motorsports. Yeah, I mean Cole, Cole and, and his guys. Cole's a, a race driver, and they do all kinds of builds, and they built that box for James, and it turned out really well. Yeah, check out Life Motorsports. That's L Y F E, and Cole went with us on our pilgrimage trip, and uh, great to have him as a friend now too. So anyway, he he did all the work on James's car and. Yeah, there's there's a big uh, big car you know car scene here in Utah. Interestingly, Absolutely, yeah, it really is, and uh, it's fun to kind of just have the different look and you know exotics bombing around. Of course, as we mentioned now, it's just why not? I saw an orange Huracan uh, two days ago, and yeah. it didn't yeah, have winter tires on. Brand it. new orange one. I Gosh, know. and it's dirty. It's I've... salt encrusted, bombing around, and I'm just like. Ha! Oh, I want this car. <laughs> I've seen that car. Actually, it was parked near near where I was one day. In fact, you may have seen it same place I did. But it was parked uh, near where I was one day, and I went out and looked, and Pirelli P zeros on it. It was it was the day I looked. It was 15 degrees outside. I'm sorry. I appreciate that your Huracan is all wheel drive, and you have enough money as a doctor. He's a doctor, of course he is, to to afford a Huracan and not worry about it. I, I should put it another way. He's a doctor with many medical patents. This is why you can drive a Huracan <laughs> in the snow and not worry about it. Anyway, and 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 bless him. Honestly, it's orange. It's spectacular, but. Pirelli P zeros, fifteen degree weather. I don't care that you're all wheel drive. That's not a good recipe. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had baby out the other day, as I mentioned. I'm not driving around in the snow on my tires. Only when the the roads are dry and clear. The rest of the yeah. time, it's parked on the race ramp. So I'll post a photo of uh, of the car in the garage as it sits right now. 
for now. So I'll, but I mean, I'll you've even admitted, and, and we've talked about before. You know, once you get below forty degrees, summer tires are kind of hockey pucks. I mean, you did went out and did it, and it was fine. But fine is probably the best best takeaway. I mean, it's yeah. still not an ideal situation because it's just cold, you know. Yeah, it's um, not ideal, but, but at least it's yeah. dry, you know. So yes, well, yeah, dry. that 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 helps. That helps. But anyway, I uh, Scott Scott Larmer on uh, on Facebook wrote in one that I thought was interesting. I'm curious where you'll go with this. You're so. Either one of us, our CEO for a day, we have the ability to kickstart some company's skunk work project. What would it be? And I thought of two. <laughs> I thought of, first off, let's bring back the Honda S2000. Like yesterday. Why? Wh- whatever you're working on now, drop it. Your job is now Honda S2000 replacement as soon as humanly possible. That was my first one I thought of. And then I thought of this. I don't know if you remember, but when that guy, uh, Danny, his last name escapes me, was in the former Red Bull guy, was in charge of Lotus, they were a long way down the road to making a new Esprit. I mean, they were like 70, 80% of the way. And then when he left, the project got scuttled. I want that Lotus Esprit out. Where is that car? I would say uh, Toyota needs to really bring the noise. I think they need to really bring back a Halo car that is... The Supra. And they might. There's been rumblings mm, of that mm. Supra, and I love what they've done with it. It's kind of the exact opposite in terms of styling. It's actually quite beautiful. And uh, I just – I want Toyota to bring back and, and lean on their racing heritage and really bring something. But it just seems mm. like no hope at this point. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just – I hope they're working on something. But, you know, and they've given us – the enthusiast car. It's your car. It's the car we know and love yeah, and yeah. the tunable car. And it's it's definitely something. But an aspirational car, something that is the next level. And wow, well, Toyota is back. And yeah. they're you know, bringing some hotness and the car that we all want. Just the, the same feeling I get when I look at any Porsche or an Audi R8 or uh, the Huracans driving around or stuff like that. And you just want it. There's no good yeah. reason for you to want it. You just yeah. want it. That kind of color. Well, and I feel like the Supra has existed in that constant gestation period, kind of like the LFA was before it came out or the NSX before it came out, where it was like we kept talking about it and hoping for it, but it, but it kept feeling like it's three years away. Oh, look, there's a prototype. Two more years goes by. I feel like there's been prototypes out there like crazy, even rolling prototypes for the new Supra, but where is it? And then my second question about that car that I'm really worried about is that it's going to be $100,000. Yeah. You know, that, that it'll come out and be a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, no, it needs to be fifty. You know? That that would be amazing, but I don't know that it's possible. I'd either do that or I'd start my own car company and make a kind of a squashed minivan looking electric car with a thousand horsepower. Perfect. And I'd charge Perfect. everybody three hundred thousand dollars for it. What do you think? I think that is a stroke of genius inspiration and you should do that right now. And you could probably get VC capital money. You know what you should, you should find? You should find a billionaire in a hoodie, and you're off to the races. Well, I've got a hoodie collection already, so perfect. I'm kind of per- on perfect. the road, right? I'm, I'm down Excellent. the road. Excellent. I, I mean, we're going to close the podcast now because you have work to do. I mean, that's <laughs> gonna, it's just going to happen. Yeah, that's easy. We should all do that. We should all just invent a minivan with 1,000 horsepower with a $300,000 price tag because that's what the world needs. I agree. I think it's it's a stroke of genius. And uh, well, before we wrap up, 
on Instagram here, Henry Rasmussen is asking about Mazda, and I think that ties into what we're talking about, and bringing back the mm. rotary engine, and that definitely ties into concepts, although that rotary engine sucks gas, it's never been super reliable across yeah. the board, I speak generally, it's been somewhat reliable, but it drinks oil, and yeah, I love that vision concept, or an RX-9, mm-hmm. or something like that, I think that'd be really awesome. Bring it back. Come on, Mazda. It would be. It would be very cool. I uh, I had one more that I wanted to mention that kind of goes back to our uh, discussion of Faraday. Max Goldberg on Twitter asked, do we think there'll be a gentleman's agreement among electric car makers to keep zero to 60 times at like, okay, all our zero to 60s are going to be at this place? Kind of like the Japanese did. This is his description. Kind of like the Japanese did in the 90s where their quote-unquote gentleman's agreement where no car was more than like 275 horsepower, even though many of them were. But anyway, um, Honestly, Max, I don't think there's any chance of this because I feel like zero to 60 is the needless party trick of the electric world. There is no reason going to Model X or even going to Faraday. There is no reason your minivan alternative, I don't care how expensive it is, needs to do zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. It's just there's no reason for it. But electric cars can, and I I submit to you that that the issue is because it's a performance metric that can be jaw-dropping that you can do kind of easily with an electric car. I want the somebody to wow us with an electric car that, forget what the 0-60 to 60 time is, have you driven it? It's dynamically unbelievable. Because it's electric, it's dynamics that nobody's ever accomplished before, you must drive this car. Where's that? Well, that is hard. You can turn up your programming and suddenly make your electric car faster, but... Okay, give me one that dynamically blows me away. I don't think the zero to 60, I think we're going to be, this will do a second and a half because it just looks great in the marketing brief. I couldn't agree more. I think there's not going to be an agreement like that because it's a selling point now. And apparently the future is littered with stupid YouTube videos of people in the acceleration <laughs> mode giggling hysterically. And this is the selling yeah. point. yeah. There's no interesting video of people doing, you know, hey, this car handles so great. Hey, watch me turn mm-hmm. a corner because it's not somebody's iPad flying into the back seat and shattering. It's just not <laughs> as interesting. And so yeah. the future yeah. is an amusement park ride that we can put our videos of us giggling and uh, it bugs me. But no, that's a selling point now. And they're probably going to try to get it to 0.1 seconds so it'll compress your internal organs and... So you black out when you leave the light. Oh, I, <laughs> That's I passed, the new feature. I passed out there for a minute. Oh I, 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 was, I was gone there for a minute. <laughs> How long have I been out? But, <laughs> but I mean, that, that's the thing. It, it is exactly like owning. You go to, Think of an amusement park you've been to. That's a great analogy, Paul, because think about an amusement park you've been to where you rode one of those roller coasters that was powered by magnets, okay, that has the sudden instant takeoff. That's what it feels like. If you haven't done a launch in one of these cars, it feels very similar to that. It even sounds somewhat similar to that. And I honestly have to say that has a shelf life. If you're a person that buys one of these cars, once you've done it a bunch of times and shown all your friends, I think you stop using it. I think it's just you accelerate when you need to. You accelerate when you need to, and the rest of the time you just drive it. And yet that is is like one of the top headlines of all of these cars and I think from all the ones we've had so far, Model S being a possible exception, it's kind of irrelevant as something you need in that kind of car. Shoot. The car manufacturers, all the electric car manufacturers are going to start including G-suits with their cars. Yes. To exactly. you know, squish yeah. all the blood out of your organs back mm-hmm. up into your head so you don't pass out. 
It's those it's those little I mean if you, you probably haven't ever realized it because they're always the same drab color as the flight suits but they're they're kind of like leggings yeah. that are air inflated that 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 fighter pilots wear and you plug it in to the aircraft and the aircraft squeezes your legs to keep the blood in your upper extremities when you're hitting major G's you're right that's going to be included with your Faraday future and it better be for $300,000 <laughs> you better get a fighter jet with your Faraday future at $300,000 <laughs> it comes with an F18 too well, yes. shoot, honey, we got to buy this car. I mean, come on. Now we have to get one. Yeah. I, I mean, we get missiles and everything on this airplane. I mean. <laughs> you get the minivan and I get the missiles. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> this is going to be a great Saturday coming up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you guys again so much for uh, for listening, for watching, following us. And uh, like I said, I'll throw a photo of my car. It's, it looks great with the wall of art, the Porsche art on the wall, and hey, it's in the it's, race it's ramps. It's an awfully nice garage. It really is. It's an incredibly nice garage. You should post that photo for sure, definitely. All right. Well, guys, uh, again, yes, thank you. And uh, write to us with your own car debate at our website, everydaydriver.com and everydaydrivertv at gmail. And in the meantime, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Cheers, everyone.